welcome to RSS, the Revolutionary Sports Front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Episode 31 of the Revolutionary Sports Front. The gang is back, coming off a little bit of a bye week, um, which means we're going to have to double up, and there's a lot to talk about. I got Jerry to my right, Tony to my left, Joey via satellite from Washington, as always. This guy's seesawing his way from Washington. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for being here. Hell yeah. (laughs) And so, um, basically, we're going to follow a similar format, which y'all have heard before. But we're going to be doing uh, a heavy focus on pro football, Lions and Packers, times two. A heavy focus on college football, uh, Michigan State and Michigan, times two. It's just going to be doubled up. Same story, doubled up. A lot to discuss. We're also going to dive into UFC 205, which is the biggest event from the Garden, New York City, um, in combat sports history. So a lot to talk about there. Even the prelims are getting people's motor running. It's going to be insane. That's a hot topic. Um, the Red Wings, we're going to get into that, as we always do. A uh, bit of a struggle, but uh, some shines of light as of last night. A lot has happened in the last two weeks. I've visited our, our co-host, Joe. Uh, we've seen a lot of great football. We've seen a lot of great hockey. We've seen a lot. Of, we've seen a new president, uh, for the love of God, and a lot has changed. But we are here. We are fully armed, locked and loaded, and we're going to get episode 30 of one uh, a hell of a run. And here we are. So we are going to start sports-wise with with pro football times two, but Tony has a little something, which I don't even know what it is, but he has a little something to say in regards to sports and uh, the presidential election that occurred last night, hashtag Trump, and uh, we're going to let him do that. It's a mystery. No, We didn't even talk about it in the pre-show. He's just going to kind of spit something out, and uh, we'll hear him out, and then we're going to well, talk. No shit! And then no we're... shit! Thank but you. Do you think so? <laughs> and then we're going to talk some sports. And uh, I'm really excited. The coffee's flowing, and uh, we're ready to go. So, Tony, what what is this mystery? Like, bring it bring it upon us. I can't really. I honestly can't wait. It better be good. All right. So, uh, while I was thinking about the election earlier today, driving home from work, it jogged my mind and made me think of a metaphor for sports. Where, you know, we always talk about good sportsmanship. Where, you know, we play a tough game. Sometimes it'll get a little. Uh, on the dirty side, but at the end of the day, we shake hands, say good game, no matter who wins, who loses, and uh, we both go on and try and do what's best, and that's kind of what we need to do now in our nation, is we need to look at this and say, hey, maybe there's some things that aren't going the way we want, but at the same time, we need to work together as Americans to make this country the best we can, and keep trying to improve. But I'm not just going to go into the shed and put a bullet in my brain like what you're saying. I'm uh, not going to do it. Thanks. So I'm not doing it yet. Who is this I'm guy? What a psycho this guy is. Who, is. who is that? No, Tony, you make a good point. I think you're right. Uh, there's a lot of hostility. We really don't like to dive into politics on this show. But you can't disregard the biggest story, perhaps. Not even perhaps. The biggest story in the world. So it happened. And you're right. There's, there's sports. There was a lot of gamesmanship that happened during the election. But once it's over and the results are in. Um, good for you for, for thinking about that in your way home and thank you, but we'll, uh, we'll probably have a little undertone. If anyone wants to have thoughts on that throughout the show, we'll have a little undertone with that, with the political stuff, but 
We talk sports. It's the revolutionary sports front. This is RSF, not yes, not, and we yeah. aren't serious. So let's quit being serious and have some <laughs> so fun here. So enough of the serious stuff. So okay, DickDance.com. DickDance.com. Oh sure. God. Wow. All right. So that's how. It's, it's just coming off a of bye week. That's just a little pent up stuff, Jerry. I like your enthusiasm. I'm excited to hear from you soon. So we'll I got start- nothing left. Oh God. Well, <laughs> after your weekend, I'm surprised you're even here right now with a, with a uh, chin up. I'm but trying. We'll talk. Okay, so, so first of all, we'll start with pro. Time's one. We've got to back it up a little bit. Here we stand on, on Wednesday night. Um, and damn, we're, time flies. I mean, it's getting dark out early, and we're in uh, November already. Time flies. But the Lions, backing it up to when I was visiting Joe in Seattle, uh, had a, a bizarre game against the Houston Texans. Okay? And, uh, you know, there was a lot going on. It wasn't much to watch, to be quite honest, but... The main focus coming out of the loss, and that's what they did, they lost, was Jim Caldwell and not throwing flags and time management, doing an onside kick with plenty of time, not having any faith in his defense. And to be quite honest, coming back on that Monday, I had a lot going on anyways, but they were calling for his head. He was making boneheaded calls. Um, he didn't challenge that, that possible fumble on Hopkins. I was, just to give you a quick side note, Joe and myself and his fiance Kristen, who does our intro, we were... Uh, we were watching this this game at this a B Dubs like I have never been a part of. It was a, a strange environment. Um, not a lot of TVs. Lions focused. Obviously, we're across the whole country, but we found our corner. We're watching the game, and most of the people were watching the Seahawks suffer their defeat. But and when he says we found a corner, we were literally shoved into a corner and had the weirdest servers the planet had to offer at highly, the local Buffalo Wild Wings. Highly uncomfortable server and just totally bizarre. But we had to find How the game. How was the food? The food was good. The food was good. But the, 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 the food's serve... always excellent. It's Buffalo Wild I mean, you are so, in the I mean, hipster like, capital some, of America. Some, pro, Come some on. promotions lady just like came out of nowhere, and she it was like she's trying to yell over every single TV times 10. And we, we were just like standing there like we were like – there was a big fan blowing on us or something. We were like blown away. We were like, whoa, okay, like just – Back away from the table, lady. Yeah, it was, back away. It was it was bizarre to say the least. But anyways, we had to watch the game. It's hard to find them on the radio out there. It, you know, it's not. It was uncharted turf for me. We found the game, we watched it, and it was a disaster. We lost. And so we'll start there. But, we'll start there, the, and and we can talk about the game. And Joe, you, I'm gonna let you go. Go ahead. But we have to kind of segment it by two because it's a it's a tale that happened between that game and now we're here. We sit in hindsight. A lot's happened, so we'll start there. That's part A of pro times two. That's part A right there. The Lions in a disastrous and bizarre loss, and uh, just us watching it in that strange environment was just a side note. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a bad game and a bad loss in a game that a lot of people thought we could have won. We made our predictions the week before. So, Joe, you go ahead and you break it down. And I tried to explain it the best I could, so you, you go ahead. Well, you know, it's it's not just, you know, that they lost and that it's over. And I think it, it's how they lost, man. And it was, it was coaching errors. 101 uh, what not to do uh, in a football game for the coach you know the poor the poor decision making and and that's the kind of things the Lions cannot do with the talent deficiency on defense right now and and I, and I don't say talent deficiency as in like they just don't have the players it's, it's just that the players are hurt I will admit there's some good players that are not getting on the field every Sunday for the Lions uh, but right now I kind of got to fast forward to today. The president, like Frank always likes to talk about today, now, here, uh, you know, the, the Lions are in a position to make some noise in the NFC North after they after they beat the Vikings. The Vikings have lost three straight, I think, uh, now. And, yeah, and so with the Lions straight. and the Lions in a position to, to make some things happen, and Green Bay having some struggles themselves, 
you can't lose games like that because you just beat the Vikings. You might have flipped the NFC North upside down uh, just now, but with that loss to the Texans, you, you screwed everything up. And the players, I, I really think the Lions, uh, you know, something I hate to admit because I, I stopped rooting for them a while ago when they lost a, a similar uh, blunder against the Texans back in Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, it, it, it's stuff like this they can't have. And it's, it's stuff like this that's kept them out of the playoffs for a long, long time. It goes, and, and and Joe, it, I just want to say real quick, it goes back, It go, what you just said is 100% on point, and it goes back to the same losses that we said. It goes 27 years of my lifetime. But, well, yeah, I mean, of course, but I'm just saying that the loss to the Texans equal the loss to the Texans equals the same loss to the Bears, and they they've done it a couple. The Titans was that the Titans? The Titans again. And also, no. I just I know our fans like to hear. I I got to finish up on the side note. We are also in this aforementioned strange B dubs, and it's silent. You know, so we're seeing these boneheaded calls in silence. And I'm texting the group text, the RSF group text. And trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Because if you thought that game, people out there who actually watched it and listened to it, okay, in, in normal terms, imagine watching it in a crowded area where you're not even supposed to be watching that game in silence. So that happened. And it does go back to your point about the losses. And, and you go ahead, continue with your point because you're on a roll. I just had to put that out there and also say that we've done this more than once now. And it could be, you know, it could be a lot better for the Lions, and a lot worse for the division if we would have won the games we were supposed to. But we also won some ones that we weren't supposed to, like Philadelphia and the one we just won against Minnesota. But, but continue with your point. But, I, you know, now now you look at the Lions, though, and I, I start to feel more and more like the Lions should have beat the Eagles. They should have beat the Vikings. They should have beat some of the other teams because they're, they're putting out and certain people in the Lions are, are doing the right things on Sundays. And, and, and then you got certain calls like they had against the Texans that's completely screwing them over. Because they had momentum in that game. They could have come back in that game. Stafford is having a great, great year. And and when you when you kick an onside kick with oh, almost four minutes still left in the game it was a rip. And, and a couple timeouts, you, you, you're like, you, you give the ball right back to Texas, uh, or Houston, sorry, uh, on their own 50, or the, you know, the Lions 45. Well, now they're licking their chops. They know the momentum swung. They know the Lions are going to get the ball back at that point. The game was over. So, it was so a it's like the, the whole the whole human factors thing swings back toward Houston, where the Lions probably had a little bit momentum rolling here. They just scored. You know, put your defense out there. Give your defense a chance to go out there and win you the game. But they didn't get that. And but I they think, didn't. Uh, they didn't. And Caldwell was under yeah, a lot of fire so. for that. And if he didn't win this game, I mean, and there's if you're you're familiar with the local area and the local media. You know, it's like this big thing. It's like, oh, we don't want the Lions wings. We want Caldwell to get extended. But, you know, if you're a true Lions fan, you want them to win as many games as you can. Go to the, You want the best, you know. So it's a toss-up going on. I'm on the side of we had the debate of Caldwell getting popped a long time ago. I stood by him, and uh, I still am. I think he's a bonehead, man. But right here, right now, I can't have, uh, I can't have that coaching controversy. I can't have that stuff. The, okay, so we covered the game in Houston. They lost. It was bonehead. Then they come back, and that game, I, I had the luxury of watching it with Gerard, and I'm sure you guys watched it too. That was one of the most bizarre games and overwhelming games I've ever seen. Okay, Prater, you can go any angle you want with how the game went down and how the, how the course played out, but the bottom line is Minnesota, you, there's probably, I wish we had a drop for me calling for their head two weeks ago when I said they were going to fall, and they're still going to fall, but... They fell again, man. They fell again. Bradford looked broke. 
the uh, the defense was carrying the, as best they could. Even they had their problems, and the offense was terrible. The offensive line, which we saw played the week before on national TV, looked just as bad. And, uh, you know, thank God the Lions came out on defense and at least played for Call after that lack of faith he had by kicking an onside kick prior to the two-minute warning with timeouts. Thank God they still they put it behind him and brushed it off and came to play. But they came out and they won a crazy game. And it couldn't have been done without Stafford, who you mentioned, and without Prater coming out and making some kicks that were just, like, on the money, out of nowhere. And, uh, man, and now that leaves us where we're at. You got the Packers, who just suffered one – I would – we'll leave that to Gerard in, in about two minutes. But one loss, which I can understand, against the Falcons, MVP candidate at quarterback, and then a, a, a loss against the Colts that I can't defend. I'll have to have him do it. And then uh, the Vikings losing three in a row. The Packers losing two in a row. That Houston game looks huge. But here the Lions are at five and four going into a bye week. NFC's not looking too good besides Dallas opening up in a can on everybody. Here we are. And I guess this is what the game is. Every week counts. It's week by week. And there's only 16 of the the games. But, man, uh, you look back at some of those losses. It could be a whole different tune. But here we are. Like you said, here we are. And this is what the records are of these teams. And, I mean, that's what that's what happened with the Lions. We all know the story. I mean, if you guys got any thoughts or any 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 chiming in, yeah, that's I've how been it played out. Waiting to get in here for a minute, but um, well, go ahead. The uh, the thing about the Lions is the season's just been so up and down, and they need to string like three or four wins together to get this thing really rolling. Because NFC North, at this point, if anybody can do it, like if any the Vikings, Packers, or uh, Lions get it going, they're going to take a huge lead here because no team can seem to put a couple more than two good weeks together in a row and it's actually like the lions i don't i'm not saying that they should have lost all their games but there's one of two teams to trail in the fourth quarter of all nine games like they're playing these close games and the thing is the vikings blew that game as much as the lions won and good teams do that when other teams slip up they come in and they got their 58 yard field goal they sent it to overtime and they won but the vikings got a field goal block that led to the uh lions field goal to make it 16 to 9 i believe and they missed an extra point, so it should have been 16-10 at that point. The Vikings really shot themselves in the foot. And then when the push came to shove, the Lions defense gave up a touchdown, which they probably shouldn't have. And then, you know, the Vikings go up and the Lions come back and tie it. It's just it's a crazy game out there. But the Lions, I mean, I don't like the Lions. I've made no bones about it. But they're honestly, if they could just actually get their offense rolling in some of these games, I mean, they put up one touchdown regulation versus the Vikings, one touchdown regulation against the Texans have won it in regulation because the Titans, that's not the prolific offense. And the thing is, I always blamed the offense up until this year, but I don't even think it's the offense's fault. I think the problem is, even though the Vikings weren't scoring, they had long, sustained drives. And the, although the Lions' defense did step up on the interception play, other than that, their defense is out there giving up like seven play drives, punt, seven play drive, missed field goal. The offense can't get into rhythm. It's part of the things I think is wrong with State, and it's part of the problem with the Packers as well. When your defense gives up these long, sustained drives, you can't get your offense moving. And that's what they need to do if they're going to come on and take over this division. And the door is wide open for them at this point. I agree. And you just made a bunch of points and a bunch of good ones, a, a, a few good ones at least. But, okay, so you, you said some things. One, in regards to the defense – yeah, man, they've been playing bend, don't break. There ain't no getting around that, okay? there's It's been bend, don't break, and they've had a couple plays where it's like, okay, yeah, big play, Slay gets the pick, but he's still, they, you know, in general, they still gave up like 300 yards passing to a quarterback who's not not nearly elite. So it's been bend, don't break, they are where we are. You also touched on a point, and you didn't take it to the, you didn't do the home run, you just kind of stopped at second base, but it was a good point, and it's been brought up in a lot of different places, and you said there's only been two teams that have been in the Lions' position as far as being trail, trailing in the fourth quarter in games, and that's us 
and I say us, the Lions, and the Cleveland Browns. And that is a, a, an interesting point to bring up. I don't think it's a good one, but I think it's an interesting one to make because at the end of the day, first of all, let's just be realistic, man. I know the Lions aren't some gem, and we'll see what happens from here, but the talent level is way different than the Browns. They're better. Yeah, the, well, okay. the, the, the uh, stat out, doesn't though. say, like, the. I'm not saying that it, the Browns are getting blown out when they get the you ball, but the they're chance, not close. Uh, you had the chance to make the point. You brought it up, so I'm finishing it. They, they're not close well, I don't think the you're Browns finishing team. it correctly. Okay, well, let me finish. You didn't let me finish it. So let me just say I wasn't comparing pain. them to the Browns. What I was saying was they could That's have, what you were alluding they, to. They had the, the chance teams, of losing though, right? and winning all of these games. It could okay. be 9-0. They could be 0-9. They're sitting around 500. Okay. They're 5-4. They're and four. So they're 5-4, and four, and uh, the Browns haven't won a game. So that's just – you can call it what it is. There's two teams that have it. We're up here. They're down there. I don't want to hear about the Browns again, to be quite honest, in the show. But – the point is that I'm making is that the Lions are at 5-4 and four despite some pretty serious adversity, and it could have went either way. And what you said about the, um, the, the extra point and the field goal and the, the things that happened, I get it. I really do. But those are football plays. The one thing, if you really want to take that angle about bad luck, and I know luck became a big topic around this town to, uh, this week too as it pertains to the Lions. But if you want to talk about luck, you can look at – Tony, uh, you can look at Minnesota's coach not using his timeout properly, which would have sealed the game, and that has nothing to do with on-the-football plays. I know you don't miss extra points very often, but it's become more common. I know you don't get blocked kicks, but that's a football play. The play that fucked, that messed up, sorry about the language, that messed up the Vikings was the non-timeout call, the lack of clock management. And you know what? If you want to call that luck against the Lions, look what Caldwell did what we just alluded to against Houston. Look at the boneheaded calls he's made before. So, hey, if a coach is going to go ahead and blow his job or blow, the, blow a game, who better than to do it against than the Lions? Because we've seen that a bunch. A bunch. Yeah. That, that's like the exact so, point I was making. Teams are doing what the Lions used to do against them. Like the Texans did it. The um, Redskins did it. There's, teams are getting leads with it. Good. The thing is the leads. And we're still doing they, it, though, is the point I was I know, making. I know. The, thing, the, the point I was trying to make was that the Lions could put two feet and have them walk in the same direction for a couple weeks. They could actually win the division for the first time that I can remember. I agree. That's what yeah, I was I, saying. I, Jerry, I totally agree with you. And, and a big thing, and I, I want to hear from Tony in a second here, but – the big thing too is that yeah you know Frank Frank you guys both made really good points Jerry about the string of wins which is kind of what I was trying to the point I was trying to make about losing to the Texans if they could have just beat the Texans they could have got a, a real streak going here because I think the Texans is the only scar between a three game home winning streak and the Minnesota win yep if 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 they win that Texans game you're looking at five straight victories and the Lions are back on course but right now that Texans game is like a sore thumb of inconsistency right there. And, and and Frank, you mentioned the bend don't break defense. Well, and that and that's exactly what they have to do, man. I, I, they I have think no other right choice. There. That's what you're gonna see because they, they, Levy's hurt. You they know what no I mean? You got Levy choice. hurt. You got you got uh, uh, Ziggy hurt, and you, and you had Slay hurt. So I mean, you got you got some real key pieces that Listen, are not. But the on sad the field. part, Joe. The sad and part so, to your point, real quick. The sad part is even though the talent level as far as the Packers, Lions, and Vikings goes, it's not really comparable. But we just got to play one week at a time. Talent level wise, yeah, you can't. It, there's not there. Packers are injured too, but the sad thing is, and that makes the loss against the Texans look even more sad, is that um, is that the Lions are the healthiest team arguably in the division right now. So that's the sad part. Yeah. You know, we lo- we got you. Everyone wants to talk about Levy. We haven't had Levy in a long time, man. Truly, he played a couple weeks. Didn't look the same. Ziggy was banged up for a little bit, but I mean, we got what we got. And as far as health, especially with this bye week. Next week against Jackson, or the following week against Jacksonville, there's not much excuse as far as health, man. I love to play the health card, but in this case, yeah, Levy, but 
there's really not much argument to be made. Besides, we'll have Slay back. You can't make that argument because if we do that, then we're going to have Packers fans and Vikings fans diving at us because they got a bunch well, of injuries as well. Look what happened one, to Adrian thing, Peterson and Bridgewater and, and all the list of guys that we saw in the Packers. So I don't yeah, want to go that I, I, I was, Yeah, I was going to say, uh, before before I – I, I got to purposely shift over to Tony here because we need to hear from him. But, yeah, we have to. Uh, I, I was going to say, it, it's also even just at work. We talk a lot about football at work, uh, you know, be, being a, like a little fantasy league and everything. But – I mean, one thing that is just unanimously talked about throughout the week is how beat up the Packers are. I mean, the Packers, oh, man. If, if they lose any more guys, they you know, we might have to call them combat ineffective. It's hard to uh, field the team, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, yeah, I it, it. It's, it's tough. Oh, we'll that, we'll be combat so effective we're soon enough. There. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Tony. You know, and I, I think someone else got hurt there uh, last Sunday, too. So We need yeah, to hear Tony, from Tony's ahead, voice. I need to hear your voice before I lose it. We heard your little spiel at the beginning, which was pretty lovely. Not quite, but it was lovely, but go ahead. All right, I mean, like you guys, I mean, you guys already kind of said it. The Lions, they looked completely inept against the Texans for the most part, but then they come out strong and pull out a win in overtime against the Vikings, which it was lucky, and they have managed to pull off a lot of late-game heroics to be 5-4, and four, which is why, even though I'm a Lions fan, I only think they're probably going to win two or three more games because at some point this year, the luck has to run out. And you're gonna have to win a game on skill. Or the, th- the thing is, all all teams that end up being good get lucky in a couple games. The the Lions. The problem with the Lions is they've gotten lucky the, in, in. But you can make the argument the that they've gotten unlucky in all their losses, which is what's so perplexing about this team. It's like two polar opposites. Every game's been under a touchdown. Every game's under a touchdown, and it's just crazy because it's literally like at one point it was 19 points away from being 0 and 9, and 19 points or what it's what it's gonna be like. They yeah. won by six, so it's 25 points away from 0 and 9, and 25 points away from nine and you know that's just fucking yeah. nutty to think about that this team is that close in so many games yeah because you usually have like one or two games and this, and in a season where it's just a total the Packers blowout. have been playing Ben don't break since they won the Super Bowl and it pisses me off and like I said earlier the reason why it pisses me off is because you don't get your offense in rhythm and that yeah. causes problems and like Stafford is balling out this year but at the same time he has games one touchdown, 262. One touchdown, one lost. first down in the second half against the Vikings till the overtime. I, really? I, quit. Yeah, I didn't even right. know that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. They only had one, one, one first down. down. In the second half. One first down. Second half. And, and it was on the drive to get the, the game field goal. Time. where. Yeah. And then, it's it's then they lost Tate touchdown. It's just it's polar opposites. In the first half, you're dominating. In the second half, you get one first down. I just don't get this team. They need to get it rolling. They do need to get rolling. And look, we, we, I think we've pretty much touched base with the Lions in their last two weeks. I just want to say one more thing, and it's to Tony's point. You know what? You're right. It's been a battle. We just covered it all. Seven point here, there. The losses even look like they could have been a little unlucky, even though the wins look even luckier. So that's that. But I would say with this bye week coming up, you say the luck can only go so far. I say... You know what? I say, honest to God, it's a little bit of fan in me, but honestly, uh, the luck on the other glass half full side, um, you know, the luck could turn out, and we could start, you know, winning games by 7 to 10 points instead of having these nail biters. So, as a fan, I hope that they can get it together through this bye week and start winning some games where it'll save years off my life. Because if you watch that Vikings game, it took years off of of your life if you're a Lions fan. And, uh... Yeah, glass half empty, luck will run out, they win two or three more games. That's fair. I can't really argue it. But as a fan, glass half full, they pull it together with the bye week, take advantage of a situation with a depleting division and an NFC for that matter, and we make a run and, hey, even host a playoff game. Ooh. 
You know, so if let's we talk hosted about a playoff game, I would be oh. fucking surprised. Let's get all right. We covered the Lions times two. I want to give Jerry now. I said it before. The Falcons game was a. I felt for you on that one. That was when we found. I was in Seattle with Joe. I found out about the basement leaking. We were out of commission for a week. All that stuff. I can. I can understand that loss. The loss against the Colts. I'm going to turn it over. To, I'm just going to turn the Packers discussion over to you, Gerard. Well, this, I don't know what the, the hell the what that Packers was. The Packers have been since they got up. They were four and two. They lost two straight. They're sitting at five hundred. But the craziest thing about it is, if the Vikings lose this week and the Packers win, the Packers jump back to first place in the division. Is that fucking? That's how close this NFC North. But is. also, but if the Vikings lose and the Packers lose, then the Lions. That's what I'm the saying. Lions about are first place, the, which is the craziest the thing. thing is, I think. And I, I was going to try to segue this from the Lions to the Packers before Frank went straight to the Packers. This season, normally nine weeks into the season, you can say these teams are your good teams. I think at that, this point right now, the Raiders are still a question mark in their 7-2. The Falcons are a question mark. The Cowboys are a question mark. The only non-question mark good team in the league right now is the Patriots. I don't truly believe in a rookie quarterback going into the finals. That's what they got over in Dallas. I think the Falcons' offense has shown way too many pores, and they gave up a couple comebacks, and then they lost three straight when they had won the first five, and they beat the Packers. So what we have in the NFL right now is a great amount of parity with an I, not parody with an O. And it's just, it's absurd to me, but the Packers, they've dropped two, okay? If you're a Packers fan, which I know you should be because of the greatest team in America, the good news is you can turn this thing around. The bad news is all signs point to a team that's going downhill. I mean, against the Falcons, you can't, they didn't have a running back. Aaron Rodgers led the team in rushing, passing, t- everything. They had some guy named, like, victorious Allison out there that I never heard of from Callen, Illinois catching passes. It's a crazy situation they're in, but I mean, glass half full, like Frank just said, they win this week. Vikings lose in first place. Glass, Who are they playing? Uh, the Titans at Titans. They have three straight on the road. That's glass half empty. They've lost two straight. That's glass half empty. But if anybody can get it done, if any one man in this world can get it done, it's Aaron Rodgers. And they haven't had Clay Matthews on defense, which is huge. And in the secondary, they're obviously still banged up. But the Colts loss is unexcusable. The loss of the Falcons, they played hard. They did what they had to do. But, I mean, Rodgers called his team out. They said they didn't come with the attitude they needed to. And I think Rodgers was right. right. I think he thought the, they thought the Colts were going to be cakewalk. Jeff Janis dropped what would have been an 80-yard touchdown. Would have got him back. They gave an open kickoff return. They gave up a 94-yard drive to end the half, just like they did against the Cowboys, which led to the loss. But they need to come out of this uh, three-game road. They need to win these three on the road. Bang, bang, bang. Okay, Jerry, and get us to the home game versus the Texans. While, while I got your blood flow going, and you kind of just covered what I was going to ask, but there was, there was more to it. So I'll play the journalist role real fast, and I'm going to ask you a question. Journalist. A journalist. I'm going to ask you a question. No, no shit. No shit. And I'm curious to hear your answer. This is a, this is, thank you. This is a numerous, uh, or this, is a, this is a very unbiased question. So you kind of reference pe- uh, – Aaron Rodgers calling out his teammates. He said the energy wasn't there. The enthusiasm wasn't there. I don't know what's going on. With that being said, and with the national, national, okay, there's no getting around it. Nationally, here's the question. Nationally, Aaron Rodgers has been depicted now as someone who's on the downfall. He's losing the team. It's already no question that some of the guys in the locker room don't like him. Now, to your, to I, your I don't. I think what you just said isn't true. If you're going to be a journalist and I'm going to be like a player in the locker room, I don't think anybody in the locker room doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think they I'm all just like tell- him. Okay, Jared. Well, 
Well, thanks for that. But I'm just telling you what I heard. I'm telling you. I mean, yeah. If you listen, I'm not to, just pull, you think I'm just pulling this out. If of you the listen air? to Colin Coward and Skip Bayless, you would think Aaron Rodgers is the worst quarterback since freaking sure, Joey I was, Harrington. I'm trying to ask a question to you, bud. All right, we'll get to the okay, question. So, if that were true, according to guys who get paid millions of dollars, I'm not going to ask for their for their sources. I'm not some you know just just if that is somewhat true. If there's any where there's where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So if any of that's true, is that just because of injuries and he's still the man, but it's just a depleted team, or is it because he really is losing it? And I guess I already have your answer because you didn't let me finish the question. I think that Aaron Rodgers still is the man. He balled out in Atlanta. I think the whole locker room is behind him. I think that he called. I think that Aaron Rodgers has a good temperature of the team. Two years ago, when he said R E L A X, they came back and won the division and almost ended up winning the whole Super Bowl. And you know what he said? He said, relax, when they were 2-2. Two and two. And this situation, well, I think... he's calling out his teammates. Yeah, that's what... And for you, if, and if also you let for you, me finish... No, you didn't let me finish, and you also just questioned well, you're me just, on the air you're about my sources. Are, you're, you're just You're me. saying things that aren't true. Nobody in the... Name, that, one, for, name a person in the locker room that doesn't like him. They didn't... They're not going to come out... It's already said, national hosts, million-dollar paid guys said, there's people in the locker room that don't like him. Dude, some of those that's hosts are they, they take said. Tebow over Rodgers. I'm not going to buy their opinion. Okay, Jerry, I didn't ask you to buy it. I, I follow the remain, Packers. I just asked you to remain calm. I, I get Packers they lost the last writers, two I, weeks. I, Jesus I would Christ, imagine man. that they would say. God, you're the, so defensive. I tried to the, present it you like say, a but Yeah, because you say things that aren't true. I can't live in this world. I'm telling you what I heard. Okay, I, I told I'm you. telling you what you heard is not true. So how do you know it's not true? How do you because know? Because if it was, I would know about it. I follow everything you could follow about the Packers. So you didn't hear that? So you didn't, you didn't hear about that then? No, because people in the, nobody in the locker room doesn't like Rodgers. I mean, they might quietly, but you never say. So you just know because, dude, you know. if you come out and say you don't like Aaron Rodgers, you're on the next plane to Timbuktu. Well, at this He's point, the they, franchise. Should be, they should be bringing players in they from Timbuktu said, to play for him. All right. You know, you know, you took it. I tried to be a gentleman. No, you I'm didn't. Not, you brought up. You no, said, I asked you a fair question. People, you, you didn't, didn't ask a fair. That's not a fair question. It's not a fair question to just say people in the locker room don't like Aaron Rodgers. That's what they Who, say. What, name your source Fox on that. Sports One, ESPN. So Skip Bayless. No. Who was it? Colin Coward, Shannon oh, Sharp. Oh, Colin Coward. Smith. He's been ripping on Rodgers. This Rodgers so go off on a rage about Colin Coward. Go He's ahead. He's an idiot. He doesn't know shit about what's going on in the Packers locker room. He's in L.A. What's his source inside what the Packers locker room? I'm trying to prove that you can't just ask questions based off people who have a track record. Based on national media. I can't. I, from now on, I won't base questions Yeah, right. The national, national media. media got the whole election wrong right now, but now all of a sudden they're geniuses, Frank. Oh, yeah. How'd your vote go? Did you vote? No, I didn't okay, vote. It. Yeah, yeah, my vote wouldn't matter. So. Okay, there you go. So, anyways, All right, dude. Whatever. All right. I don't know. You got me too flustered all here, smooth, Frank. All smooth you just sort of national media is always right. I just said the I wrong. didn't say they were I always got, right. I asked the question. It's over. Dude, you want, no, you it's not, it'll never be over. You need a glass of ice water? or Jesus, man. God, I know it's been a cuff tuple. Yeah, it has been a cuff tuple. You've been those bullshit questions up in my face about Rodgers people not liking him. Rodgers is still a fucking man. He balled out. He threw for over 300 yards, had 60 yards rushing, and brought the, if the Packers defense could stop a nosebleed, okay, they would have won both those what, games. I, there's one way to solve this. I'll tell you this. Tony's sitting over here. We're live on the air while we're finishing our discussion, and I hope we can calm things down. I'm going to have Tony look up. Tony, I'm going to have you look up Aaron Rodgers rumors of people not having some disdain for him in the locker room. If you could find anything on that and source it for Gerard and see if there's any truth to that or if I'm just waking up from a fucking If you can find dream, a player's name to put with it, okay, let me know. Anything. Yeah, just anything Anything so about what you, that. What do you want me to look up exactly? Players' locker room issues with as it regards to Rodgers. Look it up. You don't have to do it. We got somebody for it, Gerard. Keep talking. Because we haven't even gotten into the Packers. Well, let's, let's hear Joe speaking on the Packers while I look this up. Well, go ahead. Joe, you got anything to say? I saw things got a little out of hand there, but as soon as the Packers, everything was all all moonlight until the Packers get brought up because they lost for a few weeks and he flips out. So, yeah. So I mean, with the Packers, man, I 
I mean, I, I kind of already made my point. I, I think I think injuries is the biggest issue right now for them. Uh, they're just complete. They're depleted. They don't they don't have any running backs at all. Uh, Cobb, when he was filling as a running back, then he got hurt, so they lost him as a wideout. Um, I think they have a huge talent deficiency in wideout, even though Jordy Nelson's back. I think they they're also missing a, a legitimate tight end that they had uh, in years past, and I, I think their secondary is just absolutely gone, uh, except for HaHa Clinton Dix. So I mean. If they get some guys back from injury, that's fine. But I mean, the Packers are just—they're in a tough spot. They're—they're they're doing their best. They have a good coach and they got a good quarterback. But um, right now, you know, when you when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's having—he's having a great year. I think—I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on him because he's—he's he's the man that people look to for the answers. It, it's like one of those things where um, the player's been there for a while. They're that wildly better now. They have—they have a championship to back up their their game. And they, they make very rare mistakes. And so when things go bad, who do you blame? You know what I mean? It's 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 the leader of the group. And uh, I think Rodgers has taken a lot of unfair criticism lately. But I, I think uh, I think when it comes down to it, if, if it is one of those things where Minnesota ends up kind of collapsing uh, as the year goes on, I think Minnesota ends up being uh, in third place with Detroit and the Packers duking it out. And wouldn't that be uh, kind of an awesome end of the season? Well, I'm with you, and these guys are these guys are busy finding a way trying to prove me wrong. But no matter what they find, uh, there there was yeah, I can't find anything. Well, it was said it was said that he's got locker room questions, and they might be anonymous guys because they want to break up the room. I can I can think. No, of I one. can't even find an article that says anonymous people said. It. Okay, so Jerry, you think I would literally come onto the show and just make something up just just to make you mad? Do you really think that I don't I was- think you made it up? Okay, but I don't think this was. I don't think I'm, what I'm saying is what you heard isn't true, and I don't want you to bring things that are just. I'm not just rumors onto a show that's actually about real sports. The reason why we started this show... That's ridiculous. Part of the reason we started this show was because of how much stupid shit's out there in sports media. We're supposed to tell real stories. So all of a sudden, when it comes to this, yeah, when it comes to this, this is when you decide... Not propagate rumors started by people that just don't like Rogers because he's smarter than them. You had a fair chance to let me finish the question and just say it wasn't true without going into histrionics and being... Ridiculous. Well, I would just ex- I would expect you to come with a question actually based in fact. Jerry, I saw it on Fox Sports One. I saw it on ESPN. I thought it was a fair question to bring to the table. I didn't think you'd take so hard to it. And you know what? When someone acts that way in behavior in the world of behavioral health, uh, you kind of overreacted to it. So I don't know what you're mad about. You could have just calmly said it was it's just not a stupid true. question. It's unfounded. All right, it's, it's a dumb question. Okay, well you're a dumb person for, for that's just not true. That, for reacting that way. For reacting that way. Well, next dumb. time you ask me a question, ask me a question about like maybe the offense or what kind of defense they should run. Our problem with Dom Capers. Now okay. we're not people in the Rodgers. Not whether or not Rodgers is still the man. To Joe's point, I think everything you said was pretty much spot on as far as Rodgers. There's a lot of pressure on him, and rightfully so. He's won a Super Bowl. He's a great quarterback. His team's depleted. However. I think if guys, Packer fans, like Gerard is doing right now, if you just cling, Tony's next, if you just cling to the fact that you got Rodgers and anyone who says one bad thing about him is getting shipped off to Timbuktu, wherever you said, then you're in for a tough road, man, because we went down that road in the, as Lions fans with Megatron, and you, his word is gospel, and stat, dude, you, you're you, comparing Megatron to a Super Bowl MVP. I don't think it's, I was just using an example, and I don't think you can really disdain Megatron's name. Especially with a declining guy like Rodgers. At least he knew when to get He's out. He's not declining at all. Well, people, you want to find me that that's not true? That people are saying that? Oh, yeah, no. Everybody's saying he is declining. Okay, Jesus. When was the last time he missed the playoffs? His fucking first year starting. Well, he hasn't even missed the playoffs yet. Everybody's jumping down their throat. That, well, maybe that's why. Uh, dude. He completed a record high passes three weeks ago. How is that a decline? You know what Peyton Manning's decline looked like? Did you see Peyton Manning last year? That's a decline. He won a, a Super Bowl. 
His stats were shit. He got benched for Brock Osweiler. He won the Super Bowl in that game. As far as I don't know, man. I, we're we're talking. Okay, we're talking about declining. You want to move about- on to college, or is that what? The, okay, so so the Lions won the last two. Are the the Lions won their last week? They're going into a bye. Packers lost their last when two. When you say he's declining, are you saying like physically, mentally? What are you saying is wrong? Because his arm power is still there, his accuracy is still there. He's not declining at all I in said, terms of physical I didn't ability. Say he was declining. I said people are saying it. I said people are saying it, and maybe it's right. his team well, being hurt. Believe it, then maybe it's saying. his team being hurt. Maybe it's his team being hurt. That's the question. They looked great offensively in two straight games last. They were kind of they lost thirty one to twenty five. With the ball back, they probably would have won that game. It's not that bad. Some some might argue that that was garbage time at the end there, Jared. They were getting blown out, but yeah, some might be idiots. They had to freaking. Were they not getting blown out? I they were getting blown out, and they came back. They scored two dry. They scored two touchdowns in four minutes of football. That's ridiculous. So what are your thoughts with the Packers going forward? What's going to happen? I think that they can turn it around, but I think it looks really a bleak outlook. And I was going to have a lot of good points about the bleak outlook, but you forced me into a position where I defend him and make Rodgers look the greatest quarterback by saying people in the locker room don't like him, which is a ridiculous point to make. I tell you what, I will find my source. I'll you find, already said yourself, Kyle I'll, I'll find out like exactly him. where it was, and I'll post it on the page just because just you tried to disparage my, my credibility without, without consulting me first. And regardless of what, if it's just some guy said, I will prove it. One. You mark my words. I will prove that it's out there. And if, if you just say, we're not going to talk about anything that's said on that, then you know what? Don't come out here quoting the ticket anymore. Don't come out here quoting the ticket. The ticket actually thing. reports real news. Colin Coward just isn't talks about bullshit in LA. You can't, just, you can't just brush off national source. That's like saying you heard something on CNN. I know a lot of it's bullshit and we, we're smart enough on this show to look past it. And you're right. It is one of the reasons why we started the podcast. You can't just brush it off. Because it's on TV every day. I can brush off Colin Curry says some there was rumors in the Green Bay. He doesn't. I heard Shannon well, Sharp. Do you respect Shannon Sharp or no? Uh, not really. What are, his, okay. what are his credentials that make him be a reporter? Shannon He's Sharp, an NFL player. I'm Didn't paraphrasing. Go, I'm where did he go to college to be a reporter? When I'm, was the last time he was I'm in Green Bay? I'm talking about football. Okay? He's a Hall of Fame player. All I'm saying, and I'm paraphrasing, is Shannon Sharp said, oh, there's no doubt there's already guys in that locker room who keep their mouth shut that don't like him. That's what he so said. So he's saying, in his opinion, there's people in the Green Bay locker room that don't like Aaron Rodgers. He's and saying, I'm sure in his that opinion, he's coming not to... that somebody called him, not that he actually has a real fact. It's his opinion that in the Green Bay locker room, people don't like Rodgers based on I'm how I'm sure he, he wouldn't he say it without hearing something about it. I'm sure he wouldn't just make something up like you're accusing me of doing. I'm not saying you didn't hear it, Frank. I'm saying what you heard was crap. So you you should have known it was crap. So you you th- shouldn't have brought it to this table. Have, how should I have known the it was sacred crap? sacred podcast. Because you know it's crap when they don't Why give would a he name. Say Why would when, he say it? When I just because the players it, are too soft. I went through four players' pages of Google and couldn't find it. Anything from well, an actual, like, a report that's been to Green Bay. Shannon Sharp lives in L.A. I didn't see what you count. typed in. They're different out there. I didn't see what you typed in. And you yelling is just not making anything better at all. So... We'll find that. I will post it to the page. I will find my source just to prove my credibility. Whether it's true or not, I'll put it on there. Sorry, things got out of hand. We can move on to college. So, again, times two. We've missed a week. So, two games have occurred. One of them in which, God, I don't even know where this is going to go. I'm going to have to tread soft, was the rivalry game. I was with Joe in Seattle, and Michigan and Michigan State played. And it was projected to be a bloodbath. It was projected to be a blowout. It wasn't, but it was a pretty singular-handed, uh, it was a pretty one-sided game. I think the score was a little closer than it could have been, but State came to play. The running back balled out. Uh, it was a great game. Michigan won, business as usual. That happened. And then they came out and beat up Maryland last week. So that's Michigan's stance. They're number two in the country. Uh, we've been saying it for weeks in the show. All roads lead to Ohio. number three, sure. Three in the country. They're in the playoff picture. All roads lead to Ohio State. Um, as we've always said, as we predicted, it's, it's all it, here and now. 
We'll wait for this Thanksgiving weekend when they play. That's the game. Uh, as far as Michigan State goes, I might shut my mic off on this one. They lost the game to Michigan. You can take Jerry mentioned something uh, in the group chat when I was in Seattle with Joe about moral victories. Anyone can chime in about moral victories. I think that's a crock of shit. Um, but they did come to play. And there's something to be said about it, but it's not moral victory. Those two words don't come to mind. But I don't, I don't agree with that, but they can talk about it. That was that. And then they also came out last week to Lovey Smith in Illinois and, and, and took another close loss. And uh, they're on the brink of not winning another Big Ten game, not making a bowl game, and it's probably the worst season they've had in sports. With that, I'm going to shut my mic off. Michigan's doing their thing. We'll yeah, talk right more about that. The worst season in sports. The worst season in sports was your Detroit Lions with 0-16 or I, maybe the fucking their, 38. In their history of sports. And why would you – look at that lashing. Is that what, a, you said that. I'm it, telling you, you the it was the wor- Your exact words were – I can put the tape Correction. Back. Correction. The worst season possibly in their history of their sports in, in, in football. Oh, they, their sport they, of football. They've had worse seasons than this, but in terms okay. of expectations. And he comes out with, he comes out with the Lions 0-16 Well, pick. you said it's the worst season in the history of sports. I That's what you said. Their, I meant to say their worst season. Well, you didn't correct You're, him until I said something. You jumped right at me like a fucking dog on a, that hasn't had food in five days. Jesus, man. Well, Do you need to take a right day thing. off or what, man? What the fuck? All right. So in Michigan State, you know, I was, you know, obviously I didn't want to You're lose flustered. to Michigan. There's nothing wrong with losing to Michigan. They're Bro. a better team. There's nothing wrong with losing a team that's better than you. And I thought that maybe they had some momentum. Maybe we could string a couple wins and get to a bowl game. But in terms of expectations versus what the output is, this is definitely the worst season I can remember in Michigan State history. I do agree with you there. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Well, then you it's hard, you it's hard with a half a second of gap in between to correct yourself when you pounce on me. You said another sentence like afterwards. A star there was way more than a half a second. Jerry, you're, I get it, man. It's a tough. It's tough for your team, but don't take it out on it's, me. It's not, the, the future looks actually You're kind of bright, but you know you they, they were it's riding a little high. They fought well against Michigan and they fought well against Illinois. But the thing is, they should have beat Illinois. They shouldn't have freaking let them come back down and score on them. And they shouldn't have had Damon Terry in there. But they didn't have a choice because both their other quarterbacks are injured. The shitty thing is for Michigan State. I mean, this is over. The season's over. The only good outlook is they haven't quit. Like some teams at this point, they would quit on their coach. They're still trying. The fact is, they just actually sucked that bad this year. So, and it's unfortunate. Is this a fair question? Is Now that you've already said it once, do you still stand by your thoughts on it being a moral victory and morality? If they would have came out of David against Illinois, then yes, but I, I can't stand by that anymore. I think the team... Well, you said it! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but... Not on air. Not recorded. Well, it's on record. I only covered the spread. So if you bet on Michigan, you lost. Oh, but they covered the spread. The Lions went on 16 in 2008, so that, that's all good. Joe, you got any thoughts on that Michigan game we watched together? So any thoughts on the college realm? Or Sorry about we Yeah, be going back I think, I think Michigan, looks, uh, Michigan looks pretty good, man. Um, State, State played a good game, though. State, State came out. I, I said it before. I, I, think, I thought it was going to be their Super Bowl. I made a pretty wild prediction. Yeah, we're not going to even bring that uh, up again, but yeah. Uh, you if know, you want I, to go ahead, but but, yeah. but I said I said you know I I think that's I, that's pretty much like their their big game of the year, and they came out and they did they played like it. So, I mean, uh, you know, state will be back. They got they got a good system. They got good coaches, and the the way they do things is uh is a solid way. And I, I think we're going to see the a rivalry renewed between uh, MSU and U of M, um, where it's going to go back and forth for for uh, hopefully a long time to make it fun. Um, but Michigan, man. Uh, right now, it looks like them and, and Ohio State. And Ohio State uh, tripped up a little bit there, but after what they did in Nebraska, dude, um, it's on. It's not. It's not, it's not like Nebraska was a bad. That is team, one thing you know I was what just... mean? And they just fucking destroyed them. So, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State in the horseshoe is going to be 
a real good matchup. And luckily, I'm going to be in Michigan with you guys, uh, hopefully watching the game uh, at somebody's place. Uh, so I'm glad I'm glad the RSF yeah, I'm really will be all that. together for that. Is that, that a one. night game? I'm sure it is. No, right? it's noon. Oh, no, it's noon? noon? It's like noon. Oh, hell they yeah. They do that on purpose because we'll of the be together. Fans. Yeah, we'll be together. Yeah, we'll be yeah, together. The, the, the weird thing about college football, though, with with all the crappy teams, like, I mean, hopefully Michigan State can beat uh, Rutgers. I pray to God they beat Rutgers. I can't imagine them losing to them. But uh, other than that, there's not really – I mean, they're going to lose to Ohio State. They're going to lose to Penn State then this season. Michigan – there's not many big games between here and the end of the road in college football. I mean, that so, last weekend's going to be huge, but Clemson's already played Florida State and Louisville. Uh, Louisville's got to keep rolling, obviously, but they're kind of on the outside looking in. Washington's got game day with uh, USC coming there, but they're going to blow them out. It's pretty much just all roads lead to the uh, Michigan-Ohio State games, the last big game of the season, and Auburn-Alabama well, on the same day. Here's, and then here's we have my the question. When it, when it comes down to the conference championships, um, I, I, I see it Wisconsin versus winner of OSU Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. And then I see – here's my question. I guess in the ACC, will it be Louisville and no, Clemson No, no, no. All the, the – um, that's stacked. All the good teams are in – I don't know if it's the, there's the Atlantic and the Coastal, but all the good teams are in um, on one side. All the other – even my – it's Miami, oh, okay. Louisville, and Florida State all on one side. It's like Georgia Tech, like all those teams on the other side. I mean, you oh, always okay. could have an upset in so the cha- – Clemson's Clemson's going to walk into the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, and then Alabama will play who? I mean, all, maybe Florida, I think, or Tennessee again, who they already blew out. You know what I mean? I mean, Okay. This, yeah, the point I'm trying to make is in college football, we've had a lot of excitement this season, but for the rest of this, I mean, the rest of the time we do this podcast about college football, it's pretty much going to be the same. Michigan blew a team out until we get to the Ohio State-Michigan game. It's going to be Michigan blew a team out, Ohio State blew a team out, hopefully, so we can keep that game interesting. But if not, we're going to end up in a situation where the, the next couple of weeks of college football, we're going to watch and tune in. But as far as excitement for the fans, there's not much until that Thanksgiving weekend, which is and fast I, approaching. It's coming up. And I want to say and this. Honest, Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Honestly, too, I, you know, I wanted to say something, too. About, you know, we, we keep it pretty strictly in Michigan sports. But outside of Michigan sports, Wisconsin uh, looks like a real sturdy team. They have two very, very tough losses to do to, to two very, very good teams. And don't forget – that's Michigan's closest win, and it was it was, at, it was based on a margin of error by that cornerback. He blew coverage, I think, on on Darbo there. It was based on uh, a lot Dar- of things, Darbo's actually. a good receiver, but uh, you know, for, fourteen to seven, that's that's a that's a close ball game. That's a tight ball game, and after Michigan plays Ohio State in a big big game, and I, I I'm gonna say it right now, uh, we'll, we'll get to predictions down you know a few weeks later, but. Hey, you know, I, I personally think Michigan, this this could be their year, and I think they're going to beat Ohio State. So if Michigan goes to the Big Ten title game and plays Wisconsin off of a tough week, Michigan's going to have to get back up two weeks in a row for, you know, I mean, their, their playoff starts with Ohio State is what I'm saying. The, the actors that it's a dome game will factor Michigan in that uh, championship game, though, because Wisconsin likes to pound the rock it's gonna, play outside. It's definitely going to favor Michigan for sure. I just want to say one but, thing about a point you made, Joe, and you guys are saying a lot. But the point that I want to make, as far as Jerry said, what the next few weeks ahead are, is very true. It's The excitement's going to be down. Things have played out. And I think we've had a lot. You mentioned a lot of excitement we've had over the course of the season in college football. There's been a lot of hype. But honest to God, here and now, now that we can kind of look back on it in general, I think a lot of what, what it was was hype. I mean, there's some talented teams out there in the other divisions and stuff like that. But, you know, you hear about, the, like, teams like Houston and all this stuff. It was all exciting at the time, and 
a lot of it was a letdown to me, in my personal opinion. But here we are now, and it, it, you mentioned Michigan, Ohio State. I appreciate the prediction jokes. I agree with you. I think they can take them. But, I mean, man, you said the, you said the one play with the Wisconsin game was the, the misplay. You, got, you can't forget, and it sounds like a homer thing to say, but it's just the truth, man. Three missed field goals, and Wisconsin didn't do anything else to score. You're talking about a, uh, a seven-point game turned into a 16-point game, which is a double-digit win. Again, with a coach like Harbaugh having their number, playing them already once before. I just think, I know Wisconsin's two losses have been against tough teams, but, man, I'm kind of over it, man. Like, you know, if we see them there, I see that as like kind of like victory lane. And maybe I'm out of bounds, but... I don't. If we beat Ohio State, man, to me, it's Michigan, Alabama. You don't look. You don't look past the opponent, but of course they'll come to play in a dome, like he said. But I mean, man, the Wisconsin thing. I don't. I'm not with you on that. I, I, they're a good team. They're durable, but I don't see that being a huge threat, man. I just. I'm not with you there. I'm just not. Yeah, I'm I, not there. I get where Joe's coming from the fact that Wisconsin's actually going to come to play, but I, I think I think they just had too much this season. The game with Nebraska was close, and we saw what Ohio State did to them, and we also saw what Ohio State did to them in the second half. They're competitors. If they 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 are competitors, and I mean I'm obviously going to root for Wisconsin if that's the case. I'm sure, but uh, I just I'm not I don't see. I'm actually one. with Frank on this one, which is rare today, but I really don't see there being an opportunity for Wisconsin to come to that game and if win. If what Joe predicts is true and I predict is true, and I'm sure you two might – well, I know you'll disagree, but if they beat Ohio State, man, I'm just not really – like, forgive me, I'm not going to look at Wisconsin and just get, just get all – I'm not going to be shaking or quaking in my boots, man. I'm just not. Is I'm there not, any uh, part of you that's worried about no, Iowa well, at night this the, weekend? There's just, there's just a couple things there's I think that. about, though, here. So I look at the LSU win for uh, Wisconsin, and LSU had a tough start to the year. But look at, look at the game LSU just played against Bama. Um, and Bam, Bam, the big bad Bama man. They they only beat them ten to nothing, in, yeah, in a game with a lot of defense. If you look at LSU at night in the fucking Death Valley, them. though, that's I mean ten nothing is actually kind of impressive with what LSU has been doing as late. They were up to number thirteen. You shut out the thirteenth best team in the country, and I think LSU that's right where they belong, right around thirteen. Yeah, that, that was. I mean, yeah, I'm we're, just saying, we're like, here, guys. no, I, I get what oh, you I get what you're saying, but Alabama also turned the ball over twice in their own uh within their own forty and gave up zero points. It's kind of ridiculous. I do have well, one yeah. thing to say about Alabama I, when I get the chance, though. I forgot to mention this. And you, Jerry already knows. His eyes are twinkling. He knows what I'm going to say. You don't like their quarterback who's a true freshman and just balling out? No, no. Look, okay, guys, all the shit talk I've done on this show about Alabama has been a little bit, I'll admit it, it's been a little unfounded because, you know, I know they're a good team and Saban and they, they always got world-class defenses and all this stuff. I hadn't had the chance to sit down and watch a full game with Alabama. And this quarterback is he might as well put Peppers out there. He's a short little line. He's a stuffed little linebacker. And it ain't going to. six three, Dude, when you play a team like Michigan, hear me out. When you play a team like Michigan, who's got world-class corners, control the perimeter, they are limited to a one-dimensional game. It's that quarterback runner to hand the ball off offensive line versus defensive line. That is the matchup we want. I had not got a chance to see him play. And I'm not discarding Alabama. They're the number one team for a reason. They're favored for a reason. They sh- you should pick them. If you're betting money, you should pick them. But right here in Michigan, in the mean streets of Trenton, on RSF, I'm telling you that quarterback for Alabama is a stuffed wannabe linebacker. He will not do that shit against Michigan. We got a shot. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just, the thing, the thing about Alabama is, is they don't score much because they don't have to. That defense is We score stout, a lot because we do have to. You have like one of the that best defense defenses in the country, stout. but no. Dude, it, someone follow me, or at least give me a take on the quarterback. Come on, he's a. Sh- okay, what I, I was no, going to say, Jaylen, Tony's real, got man. something they, to say. They played Tony's a really, quiet. 
tough defensive game against him against LSU, which was part of my point uh, a few minutes ago that LSU played really tough defensively against them. But every other game, that quarterback is just run around people. That that offensive line for Bama is is, is badass. And when it came down to back, it, so they run the play action where he you know and, and and he ends up running it like you just. He, they, 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 for, for, for a change, they have a dual threat quarterback, and that's that's what's killing yeah. teams right now. And when it came down to an LSU game, they did a good job controlling about one play. He broke out, he got that touchdown, and that defense yeah, he's is the one who won it. That defense is by far the most dominant force in all of college football. It's not even close. I didn't hear anyone disagree with my thoughts on the quarterback, and that's scary. I, the quarterback. Well, what I was gonna say is, honestly, that is. That is a matchup I would love to see right now with the way they've been playing. Thank is you. Michigan Alabama because Michigan's defense has shown they can stop the run, and it's very reminiscent of what we have saw. They really and shown they control the, the run, and control the perimeter. The best running back they're going to face. They ran for over 100 yards. Yeah, on. that's the best guy they're going to face. Let Tony finish. That's. I just got had 170 yards rushing and state blows when we won. Go ahead, Tony. That doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that they give a shitload of rushing yards to a subpar team. It shows that they can stop. They can. They can still suffer a good running back and win. What I was getting they at. They put up 30 points on Bama. Dude, you got to let Tony talk, man. Both of you could shut the fuck up for five seconds. But, uh, no, what I was going to say, Jerry, is this is actually, I think, a little reminiscent of what we used to see with Michigan State, where they can afford to blitz to get a lot of pressure to help themselves stop the run because they have corners that they can leave on an island. Thank you. Yeah, and that's true. But you know that blitzing against the run, if you don't blitz in the right space, leaves you open to like huge. Of course, which what we we saw that. I mean, that's what I was getting at. We saw that against Michigan State. But at the same time, we saw in the Alabama LSU game where an LSU was stopping the run and Jalen Hurts was forced to throw the ball. He's not that accurate. Thank you. And that can become an issue. That, Finally, someone no, with some reason. I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, if we're gonna, if we're gonna talk about down the line, let's assume they make the playoffs. Even though I don't think they'll beat OSU. Have you ever seen Saban besides when he faced Urban Meyer a couple times go into the playoff and not just dominate? Besides Urban Meyer, there's not a single time he's gone into like the championship game. Even when You're they right. lo- when they lost to the LSU, when argument. they lost to LSU and still made the title game was LSU Alabama the rematch. Then they're blowing him out with a month to repair. Saban's coaching like Harbaugh's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But if you're talking about the collegiate level. Oh yeah, nobody can it's, touch Saban. Saban has ever walked on this earth. Saban, I mean, here's the thing. Saban knows how to get his team ready, especially when he's got a month to prepare and his team can get healthy. And I'm actually not saying, Jim, I want to see this matchup because I think Jim Harbaugh might, because there's very few people that have Saban's number. Urban Meyer's the only one I've ever seen, but Jim Harbaugh might be able to crack his egg. And if you crack Saban's egg, he doesn't come back. You know what I mean? And the other thing that I was going to say is that's why, I mean, even when Michigan was on their run early in the season, I I was like, I don't think they're going to be able to beat Ohio State. But now, I mean, we're further on in the season. We've seen a JT Barrett who, in the Nebraska game at one point, he was like 18 of 20 on passes under 20 yards. But he was 0 for 10 on passes of greater than 20 yards. He can't throw deep. Nice stat. I I agree with that. And if you're having to throw underneath and eat small yards all day, that puts you in a position where you're going to end up with a lot of second and longs, a lot of third and longs, and then that's when you're being forced to throw deep. I agree, but one of the strengths of Michigan's defense is they take away the deep ball anyway, so I think that's a mute point. I think that the fact that 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 Tony's making a point that both teams have somewhat, when it comes to Michigan, not other teams where they can do whatever they want and impose their will, I think he's saying that in this case, 
their approach is going to have to be a bit more singular, and we're ready for that. And it's going to be I'm, a matchup. What I'm yeah. saying is, but, these, I mean, they, these are matchups that if you told me at the beginning of the year these would be close, I would have told you no way in hell. But we've seen the we've seen the season play out, and it's looking like these could easily be close matchups. Beautiful. Of course, last year when we saw for. a close Michigan Michigan State game, and then we saw Michigan State beat Ohio State. We're like, oh, Michigan's got a shot against Ohio State. And Ohio State went, eh, we lost to yeah, Michigan State. Lo- Hold on while we cock slap A you. lot of people just, uh, they got off the Ohio State bandwagon and lost to Penn State, but people don't realize they had to get up. We keep talking about getting up for games. They had to come back against Wisconsin, and then it was a fluke field goal that got them. They should have never tried to kick that field goal. They would have beaten Penn State. They would still be ranked above Michigan. They kind of Playing in Happy Valley is one of the hardest places to play. No one's sleeping on Ohio State here, Gerard. No. I don't know about I, I People don't know start what you've heard. I'm not. At the Penn State, I got a financial futures rolling on fucking Ohio State in that game. They better fucking win. <laughs> Did we put the bet that I have on a side note with McNally on the record yet in RSF or no? Oh, no, this no. is the most ridiculous thing I've ever okay, heard. Okay, just for a the quick... The fucked up thing is I think Frank truly believes he's going to win. I, I do. Just for a side note, people... Well, let me hear this like I can tell you. And this is what's sad is me that we do a radio no, show that's supposed to be real. No, listen, <laughs> listen, hear me out. Preseason, this is just... A, this is put some light on all this. Just have a little humor. But this really happened. I'm in a bar with Sean McNally, you know, no, a, a legal attorney, and... Uh, you know, we make a bet. You know, we're just. We, you know, Are we sure he's okay with us? Just throwing know, he, his name out there? No, he is, and it's all on record. And he, he admits to it. I just saw him this past weekend. Oop. And uh, thank you. Well, n- or not, but um, just saw him this past weekend. There it is. So the bet was preseason. I was already on the Michigan thing, and you know me with the Lions. I get a little carried away. And uh, the bet is this, plain and simple: ten dollars, one thousand to one odds. Michigan wins a national title. Lions bring home a ring. Frank gets ten grand if he wins. Sean McNally gets ten dollars if he loses. That's the best damn looking right. Even looking here right now, midseason towards the end of the season at college, best bet I've ever made. Lions are five and four with a broken division. Michigan's on their way to face uh, Ohio State for a chance at a playoff spot. If I get that ten grand, people, we'll have a live remote somewhere. You guys can come out and we'll celebrate with that ten grand. Just a little bit of it, though, because I'm going to save the rest for myself. But I just wanted the people to know about that bet. Um, I didn't even know if I told you about day, it, Joe. I mean, you're probably just going to be out of $10. Well, maybe. But, hey, who would you pass up that bet? Yeah, I might wake up with you my head stable right- to the ground tomorrow. It's just not going to happen. You take that bet right now. Right now. No, because I would just be out. I would just give McNally ten dollars instead of taking. How it, can you say no, that though? No well, they're way. both in contention. I'm not going to because the Lions just lost the I just Texans. can't depend on the Detroit Lions for ten thousand dollars, man. <laughs> it's ten, good point. It's ten dollars, but yeah, I'm getting the ten grand if they win. So you can't beat That's the what odds. I'm saying I'm not, I'm not. I'm not like going to depend on the Lions to win ten grand. Like it's not going to happen. So you don't want to hang out with me when I win the ten grand. See, that's what, that's what scares me, Frank. Grand, you say when I win the 10 happen. grand, not if I win the 10 grand. That's what's concerning. Well, you know what? I'll be on my own. Then you won't see me for a couple of days. I'll go to Vegas. But I just wanted to tell you guys about that bet. It's 1,001 odds. Yeah, it's about I think it's, 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 it's a good like, bet. 1,001 like, like, odds. I'm not going to take that bet. I'm not going to give someone $10. Okay, well, that's all right. You heard it here first. It's like the guy in that, uh, the yearbook for the Cubs in 1993. I'm that guy. Yeah, shout, okay. shout out to the Cubs for winning the World Series. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. No, not here, not today. What we're gonna what do? What do you mean not here, not today? Come on! They, they say that Dude, 2016 that, like is the year of blown leads. That's what they're saying. So we might we might see something crazy. Okay, Actually, yeah, there it is. Shout Frank out to the might Cubs. be right. It's the year of blown leads. I mean, I don't mean to rub it in any wounds on the left side of the um, circle that we call our po- political uh, carnival out there. But you know, Hillary blew a lead. Uh, Cubs blew, or the Indians blew a three-one lead. Golden State blew a three-one lead. 
if Frank was going to pick a year to do it, 2016 had to be it. I mean, it's not going to happen. But you heard it here first. <laughs> if you were going to pick a year, it would definitely be this one. Look, you heard it here first. Yeah, stuff, both championship games happened in 2017. So shut up. Way to ruin it, Joe. Way to ruin it. But uh, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a. We're going to take. There you go. That's a perfect, perfect one. No, um, but, okay. You guys want to hear a story? <laughs> yeah, I want to hear a story. Move to Chicago. So, no so shit. the guy who yelled no at me shit. when we first started the show about moving to Chicago. Uh, come, comes over to go. my place of go. residence, my home, my sanctuary, and says, hey, you want to see some cool highlights of hockey? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. He pulls up Patrick fucking Kane. Not Steve Eiserman, Not Pablo Dazzler. He goes straight to Chicago, man. Well, I figured you straight being... Straight to Chicago, Frank. I figure you being the Red Wings niece that you would have seen all the Red Wings highlights. And I thought going into a guy who should move to Chicago's home, it'd only be appropriate to deem you with those highlights. I would thought I was doing you a favor. Oh, I thought I was doing you a favor. Burn. I thought that's what you liked in your sanctuary. I thought you just wanted to see that. Oh, but oh. no, okay. I'm, I'm kidding with you. It's a true story that actually happened. And I, I, I eat those. It was true. There was also, I was drinking a little bit, Joe was sober. But um, what we're going to do is take a two-minute break, and we're going to do, uh, do some briefing on the UFC 205, the biggest event in combat sports live from the Garden. And uh, we're going to come right back, man. we got Polish chicks fighting each other. we got McGregor out there looking to hunt heads. Alvarez is a soft little you-know-what. Jeremy we'll get Stevens. we got a lot going on. Two-minute, two, 120-second break. We're coming back with I UFC 205. Yep. We're coming back. Revolutionary sports. Motherfucker. Yes, front. we can. Hashtag 2008. Revolutionary sports front. We're back. Okay, so we covered football, uh, college and pro times two. We missed a week. Uh, a lot of ground to cover. Things got a little heated, but it was awesome. And what a way to bring it back for episode 31. But we're not done. Um, UFC 205 live Saturday, November 12th from the garden. The prelims are getting people excited. Okay. Um, it is going to be an insane card three. I believe three Tony's going to break down the whole card. I'm going to kick it over to him in a second. Three title defenses, a a chance to see a guy put two world championships on each uh, shoulder strap. It's going to be nuts. I'm off work. You guys are off work. We're going to be tuned in, and it starts at 7, and it ends whenever the fuck the fights are done. If I had one last dying wish on this earth, if I knew I was going to die on Sunday, it would be to see this fight card. This fight card is something special, and um, unfortunately, we're we're going to get into it. Some people put a little bit of a damper on it by pulling out. Tony will break it down, but basically... Even though who I, pulls out anymore? Even though I've been right, even though I've been uh, doing a hell of a lot of homework on MMA and this fight card in general, um, Tony's still the number one. I guess Joe's been doing his research too, so he'll have some things to say. But basically, Tony's gonna run down the card, break it down for us, and um, and we're gonna make some predictions and thoughts. And I can't wait, man! I can't wait till well, Saturday before night. Before Tony runs down this card, is this the first time you've done homework in your life, Frank? No, I I try here and there. I've relied on natural talent and networking, but um, I try. All right, Tony, know. let's get this going, bud. All right, so uh, as we were saying, this card is stacked top to bottom. I mean, it kicks off six thirty p.m. on UFC Fight Pass, which is like their version of the WWE Network. So not a lot of people are going to see it. But you got Liz Carmouche fighting. Uh, get to the stuff. The, get to the horny stuff, Tony. The stuff we I can mean, all see. Let me, let I just wanted thing. to run through these real quick. Liz Carmouche against a, another uh, girl who's 8-0. So that should be a good fight. 
Then you got Tim Boast, who I don't know if you guys know him. I know him. Against Rafael Natal, that's going to be good middleweight fight. Then at lightweight, you got Tiago Alves versus Jim Miller. I mean, two guys who've been at the top of their divisions no for names. a while. No names. Yeah. Hold on a second. I think we just lost Joe. We're back. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Tony was just in the middle of breaking down the biggest uh, card in the history of combat sports. He was running down the picture. Um, here we are. I can't wait for Saturday night. Tony, continue. Sorry about the difficulties, people. Yeah, so uh, as you're saying, we got Liz Carmouche, and she's fighting uh, Caitlin Chuk again. I can't I'm, fuck that name up, I bet. And then we got uh, Tim Bosch against Hoppy on the Tall, Tiago Alves, Jim Miller. Those are all some pretty recognizable names. Then we get to the preliminary card on Fox Sports 1, which starts at 8 p.m. That's uh, Vicente Luque against uh, Bilal Muhammad. I mean, those are two uh, up-and-coming guys. Luque, I want to say, was on The Ultimate Fighter a few seasons back when it was Jim versus Jim. Then uh, the next fight is actually kind of a disappointing one in the fact that it got scratched. Uh, Rashad Evans versus Tim Kennedy. Because I guess Rashad Evans, there is an issue with the Athletic Commission and his medicals. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's like that, one of those things that where That was the fight like, I was most prepared to talk about, too. That's a bummer, Tony. <laughs> I Keep, love both continue, those fighters. Tony, that, yeah, that, I guess, I guess if, for those who don't know, I guess the issue was something about something in Rashad's medicals flagged. He had to get a bunch of follow-up testing done. All those follow-up testing cleared him. There's no nothing actually wrong with him medically, but the commission said because of the red flag originally... They just weren't gonna let him fight, so he's off the card. Then you got uh, Michael Johnson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. I mean, that's a great matchup at lightweight. Yep. yep. That's winner of that, uh, or if that fight isn't that exciting, it might be uh, Tony Ferguson who just beat Rafael dos Anjos for the lightweight title, which we'll get to later on tonight. Then, of course, uh, next up we got. Frankie Edgar versus Jeremy Stevens. That's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, yeah, dude. Jeremy Stevens is the guy who hits hard, but Frankie Edgar is that guy who can just keep going. And he... Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to that fight. Then uh, next up, we got Raquel, Raquel Pennington versus Misha Tate. So, my, my girl. I need some yeah. more delivery out of Tony. Speak stronger. But Misha Tate's my girl. I like her in that fight, but keep going. All right. Now we're going to get to the fights that uh, we're going to be picking. First off, we got Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Calvin Gastelum. Yeehaw! I mean, the one thing with this fight for me is that's kind of disappointing is it was originally going to be Donald Cerrone versus Robbie Lawler, which that was going to be just straight up two guys swinging for the fences. Standing and trading is going to be a great. Is this fight happening at 170 and Cerrone moved back to the 170? Yeah, Cerrone moved up to 170 a little while ago. Yeah, I know. There's been a lot of talk about that. He does look a lot better there, and I'm going to take uh, the Cowboy for sure. He's my boy. He used to eat Skittles. I'm going to roll with Cowboy, but I'm going to tell you one thing real quick uh, in my 30 seconds of, of Cowboy. He is a hell of a fighter, and he's had his ups and downs along the way, but um, he's had a lot of success in his last few fights, man. He's on a roll my one criticism of Donald Cowboy Cerrone 
is his marketing ability, man. This guy is willing to go out there and fight anywhere, any weight, anytime. He's a badass mofo. But the way he goes out there in his media days and his press, it's just like, yeah, man, yeah, I do this, and yeah, I'll fight this guy. Yeah, sure, yeah, I'm jealous of Conor McGregor. He is a marketable guy if played right. The cowboy hat just doesn't do it, uh, Donald. You could be making a lot more money. I'm sure you're fine. You got your compound. You got your teammates. You're all set, and you just love to fight. But, man, in the twilight of your career, you've got to look back and just say, you could have marketed yourself better, man, because he is a sell. I could sell him. I'm, a, I'm an upcoming promoter myself. I would sell the <laughs> shit out of Donald before, uh, before Tony makes his pick, do you guys agree he looks better at 170? That seems to be the national popular opinion. I mean, we're not going to get to wait because we don't have time. Maybe we can do it he next does, episode. Go ahead. I'll go first. He does look better at 170. I think he's more comfortable at that weight. It's a tough cut for him to get to 155, but he's good at both, man. You a saw lot of people are blaming uh, the recent Dos Anjos uh, – they're saying he can't cut down to 155 anymore, and that's his problem. Yeah, they're saying that's why he's not looking good is because they don't have the IVs anymore to rehydrate. So Market yourself better and, and stay at 170. How about that? And never change. Well, I mean, part of the thing with Cowboys, Cowboys kind of outspoken and says how he... In the wrong way, though, dude. He just needs a le- he needs someone to sit him down in a lesson in PR, man. He do- he says a lot of funny Cowboy stuff. Cowboy just does him. That's his thing. Well, yeah, well, what Frank's saying is that mean, he can make a lot more money, and that's kind of what, at some point, if you listen to Ronnie talk, he says, like, his theory is, you, you know, to get a Walmart scan in your head, you only get so many hits to the head before you're, uh, like, banged out. That's why he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't spar in training. Yeah, anymore. he doesn't spar in training anymore. There's no and way so if, he, if, if he's already looking at that, being like that, like he doesn't spar in training anymore in this point in his career, he really does need to market himself a little better. And like I get what you're saying, Tony. He does hit him, but he could do him just a little bit Sometimes better. Sometimes doing you doesn't sign the check as best is all I'm saying. You can't argue it. I mean, just we don't. It's not a big deal on Donald Cerrone in this show. Some people don't even probably know who the Cowboy is, but I'm just saying. I look at him from a promotion standpoint and say, dang, man, I just, SMH, I shake my head and say, you could you could have done better and you still could. So who do you think wins this fight, Tony? I'm, I'm, going, Donald, though. I'm going with the guy who used to ride bulls, man. I'm going with Cowboy. Well, we're, we're Fantastic. all decided. We move on. Is it the first time we've had a unanimous decision on this show? <laughs> Probably, but I mean, how can you pick against the guy who's not afraid to step in the octagon because he's literally ridden bulls? That's why he has the nickname Cowboy. He was in the room. Okay, all right. And by the way, guys, by the way, by the way, Joe had to take a leave of absence from the show. Be just uh, me and the Preston brothers from now on. So yeah, he's currently moving to Chicago because of Frank's comments. Exactly, (laughs) he's on his way. No, we just had a little technical difficulties. But next up, uh, middleweight fight between Chris Weidman and Yoel Romero. Ooh, winner of this gets Bisbing, right? Probably. I got Romero. I've never seen the guy fight, but I've seen Weidman fight, and I think that he, uh, he bought into his own hype when he fought Silva, so I'm going to go with Romero because it sounds like Ray Romano, who's one of my favorite comedians. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. and I Because I, I, um, I don't research. I also – no. I, <laughs> the thing is, I'm going to agree with Gerard. Yes. Uh, I'm picking Romero not because I haven't watched him because I have. He's a good fucking – he's a good, durable fighter. And the thing with Wyman, man, he had his 15 minutes of fame. He's a hard worker. He's going to have a little bit of advantage by being in New York. He's a tough SOB, but I think ring rust is a real thing. He's coming off some pretty devastating injuries, and I think his heart's still in it. I, I don't question his character or his, his morale level or his, uh, his heart. And even physically, I think cardio-wise he'll be fine, but ring rust is real. I just see Romero winning the fight. I really do. I've, I've researched this fight. I think R- Romero's going to win. I think Weidman will come out with a loss on this one. I really do. Tony? I I can't agree with you guys. Got to go with Chris Weidman. I mean, 
I have a feeling he's going to be able to use his wrestling control to fight and probably just grind his way to a decision. It's a smart game plan for him, and I mean, he does have the ability to throw hands too. Uh, that's fair enough. I'm, and I'm just in the words of uh, Brendan Schaub, you never want to pick against a Mark Henry trained fighter. Fantastic. I think Romero knocks him out in 30 seconds. No way. Okay. Just, just also, you have to. One thing you got to look at: Romero's coming off a uh, PED suspension. True. Good. True. True. We'll see. Then next up, the first fight that we have a pick from for Joe on, which is for the women's strawweight title, which is 115 pounds. We have the champion, Joanna Janjacek, defending against Carolina Kolozuski. Yeah, I, I probably just murdered that last name as well. I can't pick either one of them out of the lineup, so I'm going to take the incumbent. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, this women's division, since we started getting into this, I mean, we Tony's been into it for a while, in fairness, but this women's division's coming a long way, man. It, became, it went from Ronda Rousey and no one else, and it expanded. And not only in the in the 135, but now here we see in the straw weight. Um, I'm picking the champion. I think that this this young girl. I'm not going to even try her last name, but I have saw I have seen her fight. I think she's a little in over her head here. I think she'll be motivated and come out tough. I love watching women fight, especially those the the 115, one, the 135 pounders. I love watching the fights. It's it's exciting. They brawl. They bring it every time. I love Misha Tate. I love I love the women's division, but. I'm taking the champ. I think the uh, the competitor is in over her head, and she'll put up a dog fight in the beginning. But I think the champion's going to remain the champion. So I'm going with the champ. Joe's pick is also for uh, Jan Jacek, who is the current champ, and I will make it a queen sleep. I'll pick her as well. I mean, this is a girl who, when she goes out there, you better have an appointment booked at a plastic surgeon because you're going to need a nose job, and you're probably getting an orbital bone or two broken. Because, I mean, this chick nice is just her, – her. she hits you with persistent punches every time, and it's not like there's that one punch that knocks you out. It's just punch after punch after punch, and she rearranges your face. Cool. Clean sweep. Yeah, I'm really scared of chicks that can beat the crap out of me. Just, just throwing For it out For the there. record on this show, I don't care. I'll, any 115-pounder out there, any straw weight in the women's division, if you want to step into my basement, which I have hosted fights, sanctioned. <laughs> Uh, if you want to step into the octagon, very with, with, If you want to step into the octagon with Papa at one fifteen, you come on and show up. I'll show you a good time in more ways than one. She will fuck your day up. Bring it on. I'm Polish too. Warshalski. I'll see you there. That's, an, op- that's an open challenge to the strawweight division in the UFC women's section. I will want to watch that because I just want to see Frank and his ass kicked. Really, is I will rag where I'm at on that one. She can make do the dishes and clean the house. Oh my god. Let's okay. move on to the next Yeah, fight. we're definitely moving on after that comment. He's, he's kidding, just so you guys oh, know. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's okay. <laughs> move on. Yeah. So next up, we go to the welterweight 170-pound title with uh, Tyron Woodley against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Ooh. Tyron Woodley is the defending champion. He just beat Robbie Lawler in his last fight. Didn't he beat the crap out of Lawler? Yeah. I got the incumbent. I'm using incumbent because it's political season. It's almost over. State your pick. Yeah, I got Tyrone Woodley. He just took Tyrone Woodley. Okay. Because he beat the shit out of Lawler, and Lawler was a badass. And I got Cerrone over Woodley in the eventual that fight that happens. Okay. Um, First of all, 
my issue to the challenge of the straw weight division, the women's, I do not issue to these two gentlemen fighting. I do not. I would not fight either one of these guys for the record. But in all seriousness, um, yeah, man, I just, I've got a chance to watch Woodley fight a lot. I know this guy's tough that he's facing, man, but Woodley, he comes from a good camp. He, they did their best with that bum of a WWE fighter in CM Punk. They tried their best with him, but two years just wasn't enough. Um, he comes from a good camp. He packs a punch. He's a beast, man. I, I love to see athletes. I mean, 170, you can see the athletes. I love athletic fighters, and there's there's not – I mean, there's a lot of them, but it's it's a rarity, and he's an athlete, and he's a fighter, and he can fight, man. I think he's going to come up to perform, especially at such a high stage. He seemed to, uh, seems to have proven to um, to come to the table with uh, with the right cards at the, at the right moments, and I think Woodley's going to win this fight, man, but it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a good one. I don't see it being one-sided. He's oh, Wonder yeah. Boy, I mean, right? Yeah, it's Joe yeah. would like it known that his pick is also Wonder Boy. He picked Wonder Boy, yeah. Wonder I, Boy is Stephen Thompson, the challenger. Oh, well, then he's got the challenger. And I'm going to make it an even split. I'm also going with Wonder Boy. I mean, this is a guy who... Yeah, you would root for somebody named Wonder Boy. He has some of the most unique striking... He's strike- a hell of a fighter. Yeah, he's got some of the most unique striking in all of the UFC. And, I mean, he's a guy who he can sit there and keep Tyron Woodley at distance and win it by a decision that way. And if Woodley tries to push in too much, especially if Woodley tries to take to the ground or something, you could easily see him catch a kick that's coming from an odd angle or a punch that uh, he wasn't expected. He wasn't expecting because Wonderboy throws from a lot of weird angles and he could get caught and knocked out easily. I mean, that's what you've seen happen in Wonderboy's fights in the past. For sure. And I just think Steven Thompson is going to, I'll get this job done and beat Tyron Woodley. For sure. And then, I mean, that's one thing. I do love this card and that all these fights should be amazing fights. They all have the potential. Yeah, this is what 200 should have been. They all, I shouldn't say they all will be. They all should be. They all have the potential to be. Yeah, and and we need to give a shout out to New York while we can for like uh, allowing that UFC yeah, here. finally and, legalize MMA. And we have listeners in New York, so shout out to all you guys. I can't name them all, but just by just off the top of my From head. From Niagara to Long Island. Just to uh, to Chris Johnson, Mike Walt, and uh, and Steve Thompson. Um, shout out to you guys. It's just, uh, there's more of them, but that's the only three I can think of in New York listening right now. But shout out to you guys, and uh, good for you for putting on fights and uh, sanctioning that. And then finally we have our main event of the evening. For the Bum. lightweight, which Bum. is 150 pound, which is the 155 pound title, we have Eddie Alvarez, the kid out of Philly, fighting against the notorious Conor McGregor from Ireland. Mystic Mac in the house. Uh, yeah, I'm never going first. Does anyone else want to go first? I kind of feel like an asshole. Go ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be about two minutes on this one, not 30 no, seconds. No, you know, about. honestly, I just want to see somebody hold two belts at the same time, and I don't want to pick against who I'm going to root for. I really don't. I can't give you an actual reason why I think McGregor takes it down, but because I'm going to root for him, and I'm going to root hard, and I like his accent. I don't like his clothes. They're a little too tight. You know, you can get a tailor. You don't have to buy in the boys section, Connor. Um I got the Mystic I think they Mac. are just tailored to look like he bought them in the boys section. Well, you know, today I see on Twitter, he's out there Twitter, he's uh he's uh, shooting fucking basketballs in his uh 
Reebok jockeys or something. That's just disgusting. Can't put a pair of shorts on, man. What does this mean, girls? Who are you picking in the fight? McGregor. All right. By decision. And that decision is his fist in Alvarez's face. So Second we, round knockout. Okay, so by, so by TKO or knockout. Yeah. One or the other. Okay, I'm just getting it clear. Alvarez doesn't walk out of that ring or in his own power. Okay. Well, he uh, probably will after they bring him back around. Shut up, Tony. Okay, so I've been. This is. I am so excited for this fight. I traded shifts so I could have this off. I'm excited. I've been doing my homework on this fight in particular and fights in general. Um, just a quick story in case anyone hasn't heard it. This is gonna, not going to take me long, so don't worry, Jerry. You, I told you this one, but this is a true story. I don't know if even Tony has heard this, but. Um, Eddie Alvarez, okay, first of all, I'll preface by saying Eddie Alvarez is a tough son of a bitch. So anyways, a, a, a friend of the show, Chael Sonnen, told this story. And um, it's true. Seventy, or Actually, 80% of it is true. Don't Tw- say friend of the show. Just say a guy that you have a man crush on and is one of your idols. Okay, a soon-to-be friend of the show. We're going to get him on here soon. So I, I promise you that. And so um, Chael Sonnen tells this story, and 80% of it is true, and 20% is not true or, or unfounded. But it's probably true. So, as the story goes, Eddie Alvarez is fighting uh, a long time ago with Team Quest. And they go out. And they, back in the day, he used to just go to like places like blah, blah, blah and Russia to fight. So, anyways, Eddie Alvarez is on this ship. And the, and the fight promotion is being run by Russian mobsters. Okay? And um, they're on the boat. They're having a good old time. Probably throwing Always them. legit fights that way. Yeah, exactly. They're probably throwing them back, having a good time. Anyways, a, one of these uh, Russian mobsters who turns out to be a somebody connected to the leader, the Russian mobster, hits a woman. And he hits a woman in the face. And um, Eddie Alvarez, being the guy he is, knocks the guy out. That's a fact. Like, he knocks the guy out right there. So the Russian mob comes out and says, you know, they start to del- uh, deliberate. What are we going to do? Do, you know, protocol says we kill this guy. Uh, B, we rough him up. What are we going to do? We can't kill Eddie. You can't kill Eddie Alvarez. So the story goes, that's true. That's all true. Uh, Russian mobster who's connected to the leader of the ship, the leader of the whole fight promotion, knocks a, knocks a girl out. Eddie Alvarez knocks the guy out. Rumor has it the last 20%, uh, they take Eddie Alvarez out. They dig a hole. And they dig a hole and show him the hole. And allegedly, they roughed him up. And uh, the point being... Eddie Alvarez is a dog. He's a tough fighter. There's no question of him going five rounds. Cardio, he throws bombs. He's got really good footwork that goes underrated. I watched a whole tape of him breaking down him and his old fights versus McGregor and his old fights. The whole thing. He's a tough guy. He can wrestle. Um, a lot of questions, even though he's fought Mendez with, on short notice and you know Nate Diaz, who's not a wrestler but more of a jiu-jitsu artist. McGregor's question is wrestling. He could get ragdolled is the point that everyone's making. Eddie Alvarez, a tough SOB. But I'm siding with Gerard. I'm siding with Team McGregor. He's, I think he learned a lot, and he was humbled so much from that first Diaz fight where he lost. He put hundreds of thousands of dollars into his camp, into his skill set. He made him a better fighter. He won the second fight, went the distance, showed that. Cardio will be an issue, but I think McGregor, with his uh, unorthodox style, his left hand, um, his ability to, to fight off the takedown, and just being a better fighter. I think Eddie Alvarez is more of a dog. I think McGregor is a prize fighter. And I think that this time, with this lesson learned, McGregor can perform on the high stage, the media, the coverage, being in New York, being at UFC 205. I think all that stuff is not going to get in his head. He's going to be a one-dimensional sent hound mentality right into the fight 
And uh, I just think he's going to catch Eddie, man. I think he's going to pick him. I think he's going to start off. He's going to calculate, get his, get his timing, get his speed, and just pick him apart. And I think he's going to land some big shots. I think he's going to hurt him real bad. And um, I don't. I really would love to come on here and be like, oh, McGregor, a fanboy, and rip on Alvarez. I think McGregor's going to hit him. I think he's going to hit him hard. He's going to continue to. I think he's going to TKO him. I can't predict the second round. It might be the third. I think he's going to TKO him. I think he's going to hurt him real bad on Saturday night. McGregor. Yeah, Joe is also picking McGregor. And now I'm going to make it a clean sleep for McGregor. And I'm going to say the reason is, yes, Eddie Alvarez is tough. He's gone the distance in many of his fights. And they've been absolute wars. But when you get down to the end of it, in a lot of these fights, the reason he ended up winning a decision was because he ground out like the last three rounds. And the first two rounds, he was getting his ass kicked. And he's been rocked by guys who don't hit as hard as Conor McGregor does. So yeah, I wanted to hear your take too, Tony, while I got you. And while this is the main event, so we're, we're pretty much wrapping things up anyways. I wanted to hear what you think because there's been this big talk of McGregor going from that tough weight cut at 145, but being so dominant because he's so much bigger and taller and stronger and hits hitting harder at 145. Then he does the 170 routine twice with Diaz. Do you feel that the 155 weight class will be a benefit to him or a positive in the weight cut and feeling more fresh? Or what do you think about what do you think about him? Eddie Alvarez's take basically is I'm 155. This motherfucker's floating around doing his own thing. This is my spot. What do you think about McGregor being at 155 for the first time and possibly being a two-time world champ or double world champion? I mean, I think it'll be interesting because the last couple of fights he hasn't had a really cut weight for them. So this will be his first weight cut in a while. But at the same time, I mean, this is a guy who's been able to cut to 145. I think he should easily make 155 and still have plenty of energy. And what I was saying earlier is, I mean, this is a guy who he hits hard. for He hits super hard for oh, 145. no matter what. No At 170, he's, he's still hitting Nate Diaz hard enough. Nate dropping Diaz, him three yeah, times. Yeah, dropping a guy who's known for having one of the strongest chins in the game. He's facing a guy with a suspect chin. That's why you got to give – that's why, in my opinion, you got to pick Conor McGregor. And there's a two parts to the question, and that's a great answer. I, I, and agree, I agree with I'm, you. I'm not saying that Eddie Alvarez doesn't have a chance. He definitely has a chance. Oh, that's why they're on the main event at UFC 205. But there's a, yeah. two, there's a part two to that question that I want you to follow up on. I agree with you on part one. Part two is – Going into the Diaz fight, uh, McGregor put $300,000 into his camp. He's talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. Jerry might be able to test you, but we're not going to get into it on the show. We don't have time. But cardiovascular and blood and oxygen to the muscles and all this stuff. He put money into all that stuff. Do you feel that n- not only that you feel he'll be more comfortable at 155, but do you feel that all that, all that talent Connor and all the tr- uh, great trainers Connor has surrounding him and all that scientific method type approach will help him? Or do you think it's just going to be because he's just going to be better at 155 or both? I think all the uh, money and effort Connor's put into training is going to help him. Partially because he's willing to do something a lot of fighters aren't willing to do. Which is he's willing to work with guys who make him uncomfortable and make him change his style a little bit. Yep. Like that was one thing. I was like, I don't know if he can change his style. Because a lot of times you see guys. So Eddie's setting his ways. Who yeah. they get to the top of the game and they're like, nobody's telling me Fuck shit. Yeah. I got this on lock, man. I'm the champ. Well, but, you can't forget which got you there, you know? I mean, if you got to the championship, why change it up? Like, well, it just beat. seems. Exactly. Point, Joe, McGregor didn't really change it up until he got beat. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I think everything McGregor's done since that loss. I think it changed him as a fighter. Make him a, yeah. yeah, he's basically oh, yeah, saying, like, I'm going to become the guy who. 
I'm going to study you. I'm going to learn your weakness. And I'm going to learn how to exploit that weakness. I think the Diaz loss. Which, in this case, I think. Would be the best thing that ever happened to him. Yep. I think in this case, with like I said earlier, the Eddie Alvaro's weakness is a suspect chin, which already favors Conor McGregor's fighting style. Conor McGregor yeah. is go like I mean he is going to hit him like for sure. Yeah, that's what that's for what, sure. What's really crazy is I obviously don't know as much of you guys, but like I've watched a lot of UFC fights, not as much I like I just said, but um McGregor has been able to hit everybody in the face that he's ever fought. He's you gonna hit mean? him in the like, face for sure. When Silva would go up against people or like a GSP. They always found a way to at least tag him in the face, get him a little pop, 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 pop here and there. Yeah, they like, find a way to. But then you, they find a way to connect yeah, they, with what, one or two good power and then punches. Even, even when they fight a good striker, they still find a way to get in there, and that's what the difference is. The other good striker really doesn't land shit, and they start to go into this takedown game, and that favors the striker because when they come in, they catch him with the right underhuggers. You know what I mean? I want to make one more point. McGregor's too. one of the few fighters. To I, your point. My point is that McGregor's one of the few fighters I've seen that can connect on pretty much everybody's ever fought. Didn't Aldo go like a? Crap all the time without getting hit or something like that. He in the was, face. Aldo has was tremendous he like streak, like, defense. He has yeah. great defense. Because John Jones knight that guy who had that like sixteen fight streak where he didn't get like hit in the face. Okay, but he did. You're right. He yeah. did. That's that's. Fair. I'm just saying. But John Jones also just lost his belt today. So the point. Yeah, well, okay. I want my belt the, back. The point is uh, that I wanted to make. I made a bold prediction uh, last time. It wasn't that bold. Maybe someone else had it. But looking back, it was. I was pretty proud of the, the leg kick one. The leg kick thing with well, McGregor. Huge factors. Were kicks to the leg. We right had the there. clip. Thank you. And uh, was that with Diaz here and now? I'm piggybacking off something that I studied, but that's just what people do in this business. What I'm looking out for is this: Eddie Alver. It's going to be a battle of footwork too. And I never realized until studying this how important footwork is. But Eddie Alvarez is a guy who he likes to. He can wrestle. He can come forward. He can throw a right. Okay. McGregor, if you if you carbon copy the knockout that he had on. Um, on Jose Aldo, and also against a couple guys where he didn't necessarily knock him out in that dramatic fashion in 13 seconds of the first round. But McGregor, when he's backing up, and when someone's coming forward at him, as we saw with Aldo, watch out. This is just my little little star sign. Watch out for Eddie Alvarez coming forward, and where it looks like he's just uh, brute force, big tough guy coming forward. Watch out for McGregor with that back up power. He can throw the left hook with the best of them. We know that. But I think sometimes it goes a little underestimate that backup shot he's got. He fully extends, even with the left, or even with the right, but most with the left, man, that extended back punch, which he knocked out Aldo with. Man, if you watch that damn fight, it only takes 13 seconds. Watch it. He comes right at him, and he's backing up. That wasn't a fucking, that was a, that was a backing up perfect shot to the chin. Watch out for those against Alvarez. I think that will be his downfall. I think that's what at makes least, him such least, a... I mean, yeah, that's... Stun him. You can hate him. the guy, but you can't... That's his striking thing. is absolutely phenomenal, and he has a weird, like... He, stri- he reminds me of, like, the striking, like, tactically, like a GSP with a shitload more power. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I mean, Silva's another guy like that who he was able to land shots backing Morris up... Griffin. And, and still have a lot of enough power behind it to knock a guy out. And also one of the things where I think where you see guys able to land these punches, you see a lot of guys, as they're backing up, they're able to land punches, but they don't have the power there. And it's because when a guy's coming forward, a lot of times he's thinking like, oh, I'm backing this guy down. Yep. I'm, a, I'm on the offensive. I'm, you know. And with McGregor, if that happens and he does it, when, the, when he lands those shots, it's not a defense mechanism. It's a fucking offensive mechanism. Oh, yeah, it's and definitely he, offensive. That's why I'm not saying he's going to knock yeah. him out like El, Aldo, like how that happened, because I think Eddie's got, a, even though his chin's in question, I think that could be one of the factors where, like, 
whether it be the first round, the second, or third, if that happens, he comes forward. And one of those backup shots with all that power could be the one that stuns him out and initially or essentially leads to the onslaught, which the demise of Eddie Alvarez, which is my prediction of the fight. So I yeah. think that's a big, big and, key I mean, factor. One thing I got to say about all these UFC fights, man, is for the most part, I mean, we all kind of went with clean sweeps other than uh, the Wonder the, Boy. Yeah. Wonder Boy. Yeah, the Wonder Boy, Tyron Woodley. Yeah, we got the girls winning. Yeah. Um, we didn't really make a – I just want to give a quick shout-out because I know she listens to the show sometimes, I hope. Tamisha Tate, I know you're fighting down there, babe, but you're going to come back. You win this fight uh, cleanly, you'll be right back in the mix. Ronda's coming back. Holly, there's that drama. You'll be right back in the title mix. Fuck Amanda, that was a lucky thing. You got caught up in the media. Shout-out to you, Misha Tate. I still believe in you. After that, Holly, shit kicked out of after that Holly home fight – you know, she got a boyfriend who probably whoop your ass, right? Hey, it doesn't change what happened. I'm just tell- they I'm- can't find me. I live in a basement. I'm just no, I'm talking about Frank and his like the fact that he's like I'm got a huge with her crush over here. on her. He's got a little schoolboy crush over here. She's got a, she's got a podcast too, and I'm sure we'll cross paths along the way. We're only in episode 31. We'll see her along the way, and we're on the upside. But um, yeah, Misha Tate, man, I'm not losing faith. She just got a little too distracted. She's gonna win this fight handily, and she'll be right back in the map. There's a lot to be said in the. We're already caught up in 205, but there's a lot gonna be happening with that women's division with Ronda coming back and there's just a lot of matchups you can make and it's exciting so shout out to me Frank's Tate. sitting over here with his delusions of grandeur oh I'm gonna interview Chael Sonnen I'm gonna hook up with Misha Tate you know Tony there's nothing wrong with having a dream it reminds me a, of a I young mean, man from New York with a million dollars from his dad he's the president of our country it's Jesus. not a dream All right. it's and not if a, that can happen if that can happen okay now that we're talking about this it's time no, to end the show no, if no, that no. can happen Frank can interview Chael Sonnen and go on a date with Misha Tate I'm saying, guys. I'm not saying it's the best thing that ever happened in the for world, our listeners, but it does tell you to never stop dreaming. For our listeners, this is a this is a high hit podcast. I have uh, utmost respect for every one of our listeners. It grows by the week. I see it on on social media. I see the numbers growing, and sometimes the numbers don't show. I get phone calls and text messages every week about this show. And you know what? You know those guys are coming to their twilights of their career. They're doing the podcast thing too, man. We're all in the same business. We're all here to support each other. So don't call it a dream. It's just a uh, it's just a matter of business, but I'm I'm excited for Saturday Nothing night. Nothing wrong with having a dream. I'm excited for the fights. I'm excited for the the upcoming football games. It's just it's a hell of a time to be a sports fan, people. It really is. But uh, with NBA's that, back with that, well, Steph we'll, Curry we'll, shot 13 threes. We'll get to that and uh, at a later date. But it's been a hell of a show. It got heated along the way, but I love you guys. I'm sorry we couldn't have Joe finish it off and. Man, we will talk to you after the weekend, after the Lions, after Michigan, after UFC 205. There's going to be much more to discuss. Thank you for tuning in. Tony's going to pay some bills. This has been awesome. All right. I mean, (laughs) you guys can find the show on iTunes and Stitcher to download and subscribe to it. Leave us a review. You can let us know uh, how you feel about the show or give us an idea for the show. By email, which is revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. On Twitter, which is at RSF Podcast. On Facebook, facebook.com slash slash revolutionarysportsfront. I mean, you can get in touch with each one of us individually on Facebook or Twitter. Get in touch with them. Don't talk to me. (laughs) Apparently, don't talk to Jerry. That'd be at Preston91 on Twitter. I mean, I'm on Twitter, too, at Tony Press. We're all on Twitter. What's up? Yeah, I mean... If you find the show, basically, on Facebook or Twitter, you can easily find the rest of us. And then from there, I mean, I just got to say, 
these guys are awesome. I love doing a show with them. But, I mean, like Frank said, you got to dream big. I mean, the Cubs won the World Series. Donald Trump's president. Michigan could be the Big Ten champion and undefeated and going to the playoff before the end of the year. The first time since the first Bush was out. Papa's going to win 10 grand off a lawyer for the Lions in Michigan. Yeah, I'm sure somebody named Papa will win 10 grand this year. So that is true, but it most likely won't be (laughs) you. Initials are FW. These initials are RSF. I love you guys. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And thank you for being a part of the sports revolution.